Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn to the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Yeah, he's not coming back. <laughs> Just saw on TV as we're here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Saw that Lamar Jackson tweeted out about his knee still being unstable. He's not going to play this weekend. Doesn't sound like Lamar Jackson's coming back to the Ravens anytime. I don't know, the rest of this year, depending on how long they play. I think they're done this weekend anyway, to be honest. Don't think they're moving forward, but it didn't look like it. From the, from the site of that tweet, he tweeted out, and now it's on TV, and they're talking about it right now. It just doesn't look good for one Lamar Jackson. And, you know, we kind of talked about it yesterday in, in, in a brief detail. I just really hate that for Lamar. I feel like there should have been a situation where he had his contract extension a long time ago, and it just hasn't happened. Now with all these injuries, it's kind of given the front office more time to say, mm, okay, let's sit here and think about it first. And now their season's probably going to get wrapped up this weekend. I don't see them winning a playoff game with Tyler Huntley as their quarterback or other, whoever it's going to be. So then they're really going to go into the offseason and say, um... Let's reevaluate this situation. You know how the NFL is, man. Once they're done with you, they're done with you. Not saying the Baltimore Ravens are trying to move on from them, but man. Well, they're going to franchise tag him. You say yeah. that, but no way. And obviously, I'm not saying that he's playing hardball because if you're a quarterback who plays the way he does with that mm-hmm. dynamic style, if your knee isn't 100%, right. you shouldn't go out there. No, not at all. Maybe if he says, hey, my, my left shoulder isn't feeling as well, maybe go out there and risk it because you can still throw, you can still run. But running is basically... He's 70% of that offense, maybe even Absolutely, higher. Absolutely, maybe more than that. Yeah, of that offense. Exactly. So it just doesn't make sense. But he also, he's proven his value with this team. Hey, try to get with your guy Huntley and see <laughs> what, what happens. Hey, just throw him out there and see what happens. Nobody that the system that they've built for him, nobody can run it as well as he can. No, not at all. They built that team uh, around Lamar Jackson to fit what he does best. Coming up at 3.30, we have Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and also uh, Radio Nation Radio 920 does the morning tailgate with Clay and Heidi. But we've been throwing out the appreciation to Derek Carr, based off of what he put out on social media earlier, giving a, to, a goodbye to Raider Nation, about two pages long. Uh, and, and you know, he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's going to wear his hearts on or his, his emotions on his sleeve. I'm OK with that. Uh, obviously, that, you know, being a Raider and being a Raider quarterback meant a lot to him. So just kind of want to hear from you about your appreciation level for D.C., you know, and, and I got the quarterbacks. Believe me, we're going to go out over them between Rich Gannon and Derek Carr. Going back to 99 to 2023, and if you don't have an appreciation for Derek Carr, going through that list will give you an appreciation for Derek Carr. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, though. Let's talk to our guy, uh, Paul in Temecula. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, Damon? How you guys doing? Chilling, man. Chilling. Love the show, man. Thank you. Hey, I, I used uh, a few things I wanted to touch bases on. One, on, on DC, man, I, I think one of the things I could uh, really appreciate with him is just being a a stable quarterback for nine years. You know, he was he was always playing. He was always active. I think he was out a handful of games due to injuries, right? We all know what those are. Mm-hmm. Um, and and being a, a great presence in the locker room and, and just a great leader, especially with everything that they have to go through last year um, and all that stuff. I, I think I think what, what did Derek, um, what kind of hindered Derek, to be honest with you, is, being in the same division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, you know, just, just, if you go strictly just on talent, 
You know, th- there's there's a significant gap in my opinion. And and if I was DC, um, my next move would be somewhere in the NFC, right? Where I don't have to go through Justin uh, Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, or Joe Barrow. I'll take my chances against like uh, Kirk Cousins or Geno Smith or an aging Tom Brady, right? So if I was Derek, I would really consider the NFC division um, or a conference um, just to just to get through to kind of build my legacy that way, where I could have some success and then build build on what he did in Oakland and Las Vegas. And uh, another another thing. Um, this is kind of off subject a little bit about Derek and, and all that, but um, do you, I'm going to ask you a question, Q. Do you think uh, New England has a top 15 defense? Uh, yes. Why aren't they in the playoffs? Uh, because they had a terrible offense. <laughs> they had a terrible offense. Terrible offense, right? Terrible yep. offense, right? So so why, why couldn't the Raiders make the playoffs? Because they had uh, not very good defense and inconsistent offense when it mattered the most. So, so do you think if we had a top ten defense that we would still make the playoffs? Uh, yes. So I I kind of disagree a little bit on that. Okay. And the reason why I say that because although although the narrative is um, defense wins championships, mm-hmm. we all know that it's an offense offensive driven league. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to all the losses that they had, right? Uh, at one point, I think PFF graded them as like giving up the Raiders defense, giving up like 18 points like at that game. So if we had a legit offense, maybe a top five offense, I think we would have overcome the deficiencies of our defense and we would have probably had a better record. Like um, the Rams game. You know, we could have won Okay. If, we, if, if our offense just would have mustered up another drive, right. another field goal, another... I don't disagree. Okay, th- th- thank you for the call. I, I see the, what circle we're going in, in here. <laughs> and, and I don't disagree with you, but let me cut you off real quick. What I, what I think, and what if I know your question correctly, if the Raiders had a top 10 defense in the offense that they had, a, had this year, would they have been in the playoffs? And I say yes. Because this fact, they scored 24 points, 29 points, 24 points, 32... Hold on. No, I'm sorry. They scored 19 points, 23 points, 22 points, 32 points, 29 points, 38 points, 0, 20, 20, 22, 40, 27, 16, 30, 10. That was in the cold. 34, 13. I think that, yeah, I think that with a top 10 defense, they wouldn't have given up. The four, the thirty four points, the twenty six points, the twenty nine points, the twenty nine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that the I think that the defense, if the if it was top ten, would have definitely helped the Raiders get into the into the playoffs. And then those games that he wanted to mention, the Rams game, where hey, if the offense could have scored more, even the Pittsburgh Steelers games, where hey, the defense, where I know sometimes the ebbs and flows of a game, you're not going to be scoring thirty points. Like neither team is doing that, right? And you see that's just yeah. The case I mean the thirteen ten game in in Pittsburgh, yeah, in the cold seventeen sixteen against the Rams. But those drives, the off the defense gave up game winning drives. So it's easily you can say, hey, why didn't the offense put on more more points on the board? But you could also say the defense. Just get a stop on that final drive of the game. The only game that I would really get angry about when I look at the Raiders' offense in 2022 was the Saints game. 
where they didn't even yeah. pass the 50. That's the one that you could say, what in the hell happened there? And I couldn't even tell you what the answer is. I have no idea. But I can tell you that the offense played well enough, scored enough points that if they had a top 10 defense, then yes, they, in my opinion, they'd have been in the playoffs. Because they wouldn't have lost to the Cardinals. They wouldn't have lost to the Rams. They wouldn't have lost. They probably wouldn't have lost to the Chiefs when they were up 17 points. That's the thing. They lost all these leads. If they had a top 10 defense, they probably wouldn't have lost those leads. And even the game against the Niners in overtime, probably don't lose that game if they have a top 10 defense, right? Yeah, I just, uh, going back to his call, I thought the point he wanted to make was I wasn't sure. I got really confused. You know, like a peanut butter and chocolate situation with Reese's. You know, you combine them together, give the Raiders the Patriots defense. What What are you talking about? (laughs) No, you know. I am so confused by this whole segment. <laughs> Combine them together, and then you got something good. Is all I'm saying. Is it the left Twix or the right Twix? <laughs> no, Q. I said Reese's. You're on the wrong game. I know, I know. But the left Twix and the right t- Twix. The right thinks that the left is better. I don't know. I'm so confused. Thank Damn you, it, Paul! <laughs> Damn it, Paul! You messed us up. <laughs> I'm so confused. It's all good though. Uh, let's see. <laughs> we got another text. <laughs> Let me get to the text. Uh, this is coming from the 530. Max said he wants to be the best and doesn't want to be middle-of-the-road leader. And I can see Carr as that middle-of-the-road leader. Great guy, but his play isn't great. Just middle-of-the-road. That's fair. Uh, how about another text from the 530? Every quarterback could use the same excuses. Bad offensive line, no wide receivers, no running game, bad offensive coordinator, and a bad defense. But at some point, the quarterback has to overcome the shortcoming. Carr couldn't do that. The league will determine his value. I'll, uh, it'll support... McDaniel's decision to move on from Okay, there you go. Text with the 530. And I think that that also is fair. Uh, you know, because, again, there's quarterbacks that that can elevate the game, elevate your team, and make them a whole lot better than they were. And then there's some that just, you know, they're, they're able to they're able to get, I don't want to say even the most, just you know what you're going to get out of them. Let's put it like that. And so with the bad offensive line at times or the lack of weapons, right? I mean – it was it was wasn't a whole lot that that Derek can do, but it, to me, it feels like this organization wants to bring in a guy that can elevate everyone around them to another level. If that makes sense, I'm still thrown off by Paul's call. <laughs> Paul got me so confused. I'm trying to think. I understand the sentiment behind that, but I don't think any quarterback is out here overcoming bad offensive line, no running well, game. You can use Terrible. Matt Stafford for example. Matt Stafford was in Detroit and he didn't play very well, and he put up he put up yards, he put up numbers, but they didn't win very many games. Then he went to L.A. and they had weapons. They had a strong defense, and he won. Yeah, but the, I mean, I'm saying the no excuses. No, part, yeah, nobody's what, winning out here with just no talent. Right, right. Where, uh, maybe it could be one or the other, but it's just I, I understand where it's not trying. You're trying to denigrate Derek Carr, but no one is out here overcoming a complete lack of talent. Right, is right. the point I'm trying to make. No, I got you. I'm with you. Uh, Q and D. How about Carr for Williams from the Jets? That's a, a trade talking about Quentin Williams. I don't think the Jets are going to be giving up Quentin Williams anytime soon. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm interested to know what an ideal destination would be for Derek. Obviously, only Derek knows that and his agent. I wonder what an ideal situation is. I heard Jason Fitz, who's our good friend, uh, heard him making a, a, a case for cold-weather places that would be in play, like the Jets, because everyone on ESPN National is like, Jets, 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 because they're, they're so East Coast leaning, right? I mean, I couldn't tell you how many shows <laughs> I've done about the Jets while I do ESPN National. Like, that is the hottest topic. The Jets and the Giants, I need you to talk about them for three hours. All right, cool, right? Which is fine, no problem. The check's clear. So we'll do what we got to do. But they want him to go to the Jets so bad. And I think to myself, like, I just don't know if he would want to play in New York all the time. Not because of the media, because of the weather. And I heard Jason Fitz say that when he first got to, to Bristol, 
he was not a he was not a cold weather guy. So when he would go out in the cold, he was freezing all the time. But he said it didn't take long. Then all of a sudden, he became adapted to the area, and it wasn't a big deal, and he was able to play. I wonder if, if that would be the same for Derek, right? Because that's what he's, that's what the point he was trying to make was he th- thinks that Derek could go to the Jets and play there because they have a strong defense, they have a strong run game, they'll build up that offensive line, they'll keep building that offensive line, and they can have a quarterback that's good. And he said, and I don't want to hear that Derek Carr doesn't play good in the cold because after being there for a while, he would he would adapt and be better. And I, I just don't know if that's true or not. I believe you would have to see, obviously, it's unknown because we don't know it so far. The sample size is so small. Yeah, the sample size is small, but you would have to think that for a quarterback that plays in the cold weather, that couldn't be the excuse every time. I mean, I don't know, maybe look at some quarterbacks who are drafted from, let's say, a Miami or any SEC team and then goes to a cold weather team. What's it looking like? Mac Jones up in New England. He's doing okay. Never played in any significant cold weather. But he's doing okay in New England. So I do think that it would just come with a matter of time. Because in that case, you you would have teams looking at, hey, he's from the SEC, an SEC quarterback? Ah, but do we know if he can play outside yet in this cold weather? Well, I mean, that was the reason why the Bills went after Josh Allen. Because they said with the weather that they have there, he has a strong arm. He could throw the ball through that gusty wind and all that, and and he could still be solid. And they were right. So there's something to be said about guys that could play in the elements. I just don't know because of sample size, and we haven't had to see it. Derek's been a West Coast cat, right? He's been a West Coast guy his whole life. I don't know if he'd want to play in a in an area that that is a cold region. I don't. I just don't know. Even if he went to Houston, at least they play indoors, right? And it gets cold in Texas there once in a while, you know. So there's that. Uh, LJ, then we'll take a break. LJ hit us up on the text line. I was I was late listening today. My apologies for uh, my apologies for missing the topic. If it fits off the top of my head, one of rare non DC positive quarterback memories I have. Post Gannon was Terrell Pryor first play, 92-yard touchdown against Pittsburgh. All of the positives have uh, Derek Carr attached to him. That's from LJ. Thank you so much for that text. And, man, I remember Terrell Pryor. I remember that play that you're talking about as well, that first play against Pittsburgh. That was in Oakland. That was a hell of a play. And I remember my son, Kimani, said, Dad, the Raiders got a quarterback. Hey, that Terrell Pryor is fantastic. And I was like, yeah, I like him. I like what he brings to the table. But let's just wait and see a little bit longer. He's like, no, nah, Dad, they got a quarterback. And I want to say like that one of the next plays that uh, happened was an a interception to Troy Palomalo, and I kind of looked over at him. He goes, all right, well, maybe on the next play <laughs> or something. Like he was, he was already walking it back like, all right, well, maybe, maybe they don't really have a quarterback. But, uh, man, I remember Terrell Pryor. I, I thought he was going to be something. I was excited when the Raiders got him uh, in the supplemental draft out of Ohio State. I thought he, could, he, he had an opportunity to be somebody, but just never panned out. And not to mention he was a knucklehead. Off the field. They won that game, though. Uh, yeah, barely. They hung on. They <laughs> hung on, dog. They barely hung on to win that game. But, man, they sure did make it interesting. 315 is the time. We'll come back. We'll go over some of the quarterbacks, including Terrell Pryor, between 99 and 2023. This is Radish Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. My man Brian hit me up and said, the Saints make the most sense. Good defense, offense, indoors, and a relationship with Dennis Allen, plus a weak division. As Brian hit me up, talking about Derek Carr and where it would make sense to see him go. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. Vinny Bossignor from the RJ, also the morning tailgate here, will join us in a matter of minutes. I'm still thinking about Paul's call. (laughs) Paul, man, hey, you know what? If anything, if nothing less, less, Paul left an impression. Paul can say that. Like, Paul, I might not have understood your call, but you did one thing right today. You left an impression. I'm walking around the building during the break, and I'm like, what What was Paul saying? What exactly did he mean? Like, I'm just a basic math kind of cat, man. Two plus two equals four. 
right? I'm not the, you know, carry the one, then square it up, and then, you know, do all this. My man was doing some long division. Yeah, man, you know, and you got to, you know, divide fractions. I mean, he was just doing all kind of stuff that I, you know, hey. When he brought up the Patriots, I really was thinking, where's my man going? Well, you know, when he when he brought up the Patriots, I was thinking about doing the same thing the Patriots do. I'm thinking about cheating on that test. <laughs> you know what? This is out of my pay grade. Let me go ahead and cheat on the rest of this test. Where 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 is the smart girl? There she is. Let me go on and sit next to her and see what she got. Simple as that. But Paul, we do appreciate you, my man. Uh, Jason in Maryland hit us up with a couple great texts. I do appreciate these. I respect DC so much. For nine years, when the Raiders started the Raider, <laughs> he was just dealing with it. Stuff beyond his control. Being drafted to a team in Cap Hill. Then when they finally got it right, they fired Musgrave for Todd Downing, who just got fired. Mm-hmm. Then hired Gruden, who cut and traded everyone. Then the email scandal and Ruggs, he stood tall through it all. Never complained about it. Before him, we had no hope. Couldn't even convert a third and long. It's messed up that on a team full of things that didn't go right, he's basically taking the fall. Not having the weapons and suspect offensive line. To be honest, he did well considering all those things. I've not ever seen a quarterback that can overcome a lack of weapons, a bad offensive line, a bad defense at the same time. Football just don't work that way. I'm not buying that at all. That's a football fairy tale. The organization basically wasted his talent, and I hope they don't do the same with the next guy. After this year, they need to show me. I'm all out of positive vibes for the organization. It's from Jason in Maryland. He said, by the way, Carr would get used to the cold. I'm from the L.A. area, now in Baltimore. The weather is way worse. 35-degree weather is nothing to me now. I just need a hoodie and a hat, and I'm Gucci. And then he also said, I remember all those bum quarterbacks before Carr, too. Guys like Matt McGloin and Aaron Brooks had Raider fans hyped as Jason and Maryland with a three-parter right there. Thank you so much for that text, but it segues me into what I wanted to bring up. All those quarterbacks in between Gannon and Carr. And we've brought them up on the show before. But in 99, when my son Kimani was born, Rich Gannon played 16 games. He played 16 games in 2000, 16 games in 2001, 16 games in 2002. 2003, it started to get squirrely. So that's the consistency you had right there. 99 through 2002, Gannon played every game. All 16. That's the consistency that you're looking for. After that, squirrels gone wild. Rick Meyer played eight games in 2003. Rich Gannon, seven. Marcus Tuiasasopo, one. 2004, Kerry Collins, 13. Rich Gannon, three. You got a text about, you got a text or a DM about Kerry Collins. Uh, this was a DM from Michael M. on Twitter. What did he say? And he just said, Kerry Collins to Curry in Denver, snow game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that, that a memorable game? I'll, yeah, yeah. It was, the, Williams, it was, it was the catch that was incredible that Ronald Curry made. He had to climb the ladder to go make the, the catch. And, uh, yeah, that was a really good one. I thought Jerry Porter had a big game in, in Denver, too, I believe. But, yeah, that was – that was uh, wasn't that the snow angel where he lay in the end zone and made the snow angel? You're like, I don't know. I'm the wrong guy to ask. <laughs> I appreciate the fans for reaching out to me, but I do believe that, my that history. was I do believe that that was that game. Uh, I know that there was a couple of memorable ones in uh, Denver in the snow. But getting back to us, Kerry Collins in 2004 played 13 games. Rich Gannon played three. After that, Gannon was done. 2005, Kerry Collins played 15. Marcus Trujillo sub one. So you see, you had a little consistency. Kerry Collins was there two years in a row. Done. Then the next guy, Andrew Walter, played eight games. Aaron Brooks played eight games. Going back to Jason's text. Aaron Brooks was brought in as a free agent. He was going to save the day. He stunk. Andrew Walter was drafted, and he was the guy. He's going to be the next Joe Montana. He's going to be the next Jim Plunkett. He's going to be the next whatever. And the reason he was going to be that guy is because he was tall. You know, he was a big dude. He stood up in the pocket. He wore number 16. So everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be this. Andrew Walter was terrible. He played eight games. 2007, Josh McCown, 
who's somehow ended up in the league for a bazillion years, and the Texans tried to hire him as a head coach already. Dante Culpepper coming off of a major knee injury. He played six. McCown played nine. Jamarcus Russell, who was the number one overall pick, who didn't even want to play for the team, who didn't even get to camp on time, played one. 2008, Jamarcus Russell, 15 games. Andrew Walter won. 2009, that Russell guy is still around. Russell played in nine games. Gradkowski in four. Charlie Fry in three. What you got? Real quick, Marcus Tuiasasopo was on this team for a long time. I know. I, that was incredible just looking at all the – he didn't start a game every no. season, but I kept looking at the roster. He was still hanging on there. So oh, he was there for a while. He was one of those. I was he like, was, man, man everyone, still on the team, huh? everyone had a lot of hype about Tui, too. Everyone's like, oh, man, give him an opportunity. Give him an opportunity. Nah, never happened. So, back to 2009. Jamarcus Russell, nine games. Gratkowski, four. Charlie Fry, three. 2010. Here we go. Going to save the day. Jason Campbell's in. Then Bruce Gratkowski played four. So, Campbell played 12. Gratkowski played four. Gratkowski, er, Campbell gets, gets injured in 2011. That year, Campbell played six. Got banged up. Was out for the rest of the season. They go and trade for Carson Palmer. I never got over that. I was always angry at that. Carson Palmer played nine games. Campbell played six. Kyle Bowler. Old Kyle Bowler from Cal played one. 2012, Carson Palmer, 15 games. Terrell Pryor won. Okay, it's the Terrell Pryor era now. Terrell Pryor in 2013 played nine games. Matt McGloin, here comes Matt McGloin, old Penn Stater, played six games. Matt Flynn, Matt Flynn. You know what? Jared Stidham could end up being Matt Flynn-like. And what I mean by that, Matt Flynn had a big-ass game, a big-time game, and all of a sudden they flipped that. He was a Green Bay Packer playing in a game that was worthless, didn't mean anything, put up some big-time numbers, and all of a sudden Seattle decided they were going to give him a contract. Then Seattle goes and drafts Russell Wilson, and then Russell Wilson ends up being the guy. So what do the Raiders do? Sign my Matt Flynn as a, as, a, as a free agent, as a quarterback. Make a move for him. Matt Flynn's in. I have, I have my old radio station. Matt Flynn's an East Texas guy, so... The, the guys I used to work with were from East Texas, and they're like, oh, so they made up a shirt for me said, just Flynn, baby. I was like, I refuse to wear that shirt. I will never wear that shirt because I knew Matt Flynn was trash. He played one game, one game in 2013. Then 2014 came. Derek Carr gets drafted. He wasn't even supposed to be the quarterback. He was going to sit at first. You know who's going to be the quarterback at first? Matt Shaw. Matt Stinking shop, who had just thrown a bazillion interceptions when he was in Houston. The king of the pick six. Yes. They actually had a burger joint <laughs> that was called the shop. They did in Houston. They were giving out burgers called the shop. What's that? It's a pick six. That's what it was. They, I mean, they were making fun of their own guy. So Derek Carr, 2014, 16 games. 2015, 16 games. 2016, obviously that's when he gets injured in that last game, Christmas Eve against the Colts in Oakland. Plays 15 games. McGloin plays one. They go into the playoffs with Connor Cook as their starter and lose. That could have been that could have been DC's year right there, 2016. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, wasn't. 27, 17, Carr played 15. EJ Manuel won. 18, Carr played all 16. 2019, played all 16. 2020, played 16. 2021, played 17. And then, of course, there's this year. Played 15. There you go. So, for a lot of people, as I started the whole show talking about, no, they don't know anybody but Derek Carr. So when some people are so angry because of the fact that he's not going to be around anymore, it's because they don't know anybody else. They haven't seen anybody else. I'll tell you what, I ain't seen nobody win. <laughs> right? I mean, I really got invested. If we're keeping it a buck, I really got invested in the end of Jim Plunk at the beginning of Jay Schrader. That's when I really got invested with the Raiders. I mean, remember, I was born in 76. 
So Jim Plunkett was 79 to 86. Again, the end of Jim Plunkett. I got invested in the Raiders. Jay Schrader, really, my real deal leadoff guy was Jay Schrader. No disrespect to Jay Schrader, but it was Jay Schrader. Also, something I want to add about Derek Carr here when it comes to, hey, the rate nine years, that's a long time, and he did, were the fans that say he never won anything, he never did anything, you just went down the entire timeline. And call in, text in, please, if you have the answer. But for you that says, hey, Carr, they should have got rid of him a long time ago, which year would have been the year for you <laughs> that you say, hey, now that's the year you know we should have got rid of him? <laughs> After 2017, I was done. He only played 15 games. I really want to know because when you when you do it, I'm That's like— That's a great point. When you look down and, like, we have the rationale, we know we can go by piece by piece, season by season, and say, well, yeah, this happened. The, the factors, obviously, it's all about wins and losses. Right. But we can come up with the rationale for why the team was bad that year. Pick out the games, the wins and losses, that, hey, you win a game here, you win a game there. But which year do you think for people— We should have got rid of them a long time ago. Well, you tell me which year it was then. Right, right. I love it. I love it. Great stuff, man. 702-365-9200. Don'tBeBroke.com. Text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. You can hit us up by by way of text right now because coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and the Morning Tailgate will join us. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Benny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines to talk all things silver and black. And Vinny, we do appreciate you as always, my man. And uh, we all heard the news earlier today. We saw the the tweet, the Instagram, the social media post, whatever the case may be, from Derek Carr saying goodbye to the silver and black. Before we get into Derek Carr, I wanted to ask you. We got a call from Paul uh, from Temecula, and uh, he's he's left an impression on my life, man. He is that guy. He confused the hell out of me. But uh, basically, just to kind of sum up the question he asked. Knowing the Raiders and the offense that they put up this season, if they had a top 10 defense, do you believe they would be a playoff team this uh, this season? A top 10 playoff team? If they had been a top 10, if I mean, they a had top a top 10, 10 defense, defense, yeah. Um, I, I would think that it would put them in a better position to win some of the games they lost. So, yeah, um, I, I would think that I, th- I would think that if you if you if you if you're counting on that defense, uh, winning those five or holding on to those what five uh, double digit leads that they lost, mm-hmm. um, that puts them right in the play. Yeah, definitely. Or even or even three of them. Uh, you know, all of a sudden now you're looking at a nine win team, uh, possibly a ten win team. Um, yeah, I, I think that a, I think that a top ten t- uh, defense would have helped for sure. No, I, I do too, and and I think that there's actually no doubt because they wouldn't have lost as many of those uh, double digit leads if they right. had that top ten defense. And I think that's what they're trying to trying to build on. They know that they've got to build up that defense. They know they've got to build up that offensive line, and of course they're going to move on from the quarterback. So let's go ahead and jump into the quarterback conversation. As I mentioned, and you know very well, you guys were talking about it on the tailgate this morning. Uh, he, he he gives his farewell to Raider Nation. To you, as a guy who is a, a journalist and has covered the team for a few years now, just from what you've seen and what you've gotten to know when it comes to Derek Carr, what did he mean to this organization? Well, for nine years, he pretty much meant everything. Um, and, you know, that sometimes came at a cost for him because everything with the Raiders wasn't always rosy. Um, what was it, two, two winning seasons in his nine years here? Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of that was not necessarily his fault whatsoever, really. Um, but he was the face of that. So, um, you know, for some, for some Raider fans, he's going to represent, you know, nine years of basically a lot of losing. Um, and I don't think that that's right necessarily. Um, but for a lot of other uh, fans, 
he represents something that was better than what had been here for sure. He, he represented stability, consistency, uh, somebody that always represented the organization um, in a top-notch way, in a classy way. Um, always took a lot of the blame, you know, for what was going on. Uh, so uh, it's kind of a divided. It's a mixed bag, really. And um, but I think for for him, he'll always be remembered as you know, until somebody comes along to beat a bunch of records that he set uh, and established here for the Raiders, a record set, you know, breaking quarterback. Uh, so it's it's hard to define, Q. It really yeah. is. And I've been trying to come up with the right way to, to, to define it or, or classify it because he is a polarizing figure. There's, there's, there's half of a fan base that, that really supports him uh, and, and thinks that he still should be the quarterback of the Raiders. And there's another half uh, that has been intact for a good long time, maybe almost every year since he's been here, of it's time to move on from Derek Carr. So it's, it's, it's one of the weirder ones that I've come across. It really is. It's, it's not the easiest situation to kind of wrap your head, uh, finger around and say, okay, this is the right answer because it feels like, mm-hmm. Vinny, there's not really a right answer. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Excuse me. So let me ask you this because we know the February 15th date. We know that things have to get moving. And uh, kind of explain to those that may not know and even to me that, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable with I know the ins and outs of this, but what has to happen next in this situation? Well, the next thing is um, trying to, you know, if you're the Raiders and, you're, and, and, and Derek Carr and his agent, trying to put it together a, a deal um, that, that the Raiders will feel comfortable uh, that it's going to remain intact, like a, a trade, let's say, um, that's going to remain intact beyond uh, or, or, or through the start of the new league year in March. You see, you can consummate a trade. You could talk about a trade. You can right. come to uh, you know an agreement on a trade uh, that, that, that you know. That, but you have to wait until the new league year starts on my, March fifteenth in order to actually execute it. Why is that important? Because on February fifteenth. Uh, there's a deadline uh, coming up for for Derek Carr and and the Raiders. If he's on the roster as of February 15th, a $40 million guarantee clicks in. And from the Raiders' perspective, let's just say, for argument's sake, they they come to an agreement on a trade, right? Mm -hmm. Um, On or before February 15th. And everybody's comfortable moving forward. But let's say March 14th, the team that they're trading with says gets cold feet or a better option becomes available, and they say, look, we're backing out. Well, the February 15th deadline will have passed, and that means the $40 million guarantee now goes back or stays with the Raiders, and now they're on the hook for $40 million guaranteed. There's no way you could get out of that. It's un- in, in the contract, and you're stuck with the $40 million guarantee and a quarterback that has said goodbye to the organization, and uh, you've basically said goodbye to him. Uh, now what do you do? Even if you cut him, you have to pay him the $40 million, and it's on your, your salary cap. So there's risk involved in working out a trade, hoping that it stays intact, uh, beyond the new league year, but also understanding that if it doesn't, you know, there's there's a lot of egg on everybody's face. So do you do you take that risk, or do you just release them before February fifteenth? The asset that you get back is really the salary cap space, the thirty million dollars in salary cap space, and everybody goes their merry way. What do you do in that situation? So I mean, that's a tough one. What would what would your call be? Um, if, if Derek isn't willing to extend, um, you know, the, the deadline to beyond the, the new, the new league year, mm-hmm. then I'm going to, I'm just going to have to release him. I, I can't take on that risk. Uh, there's too much exposure for the Raiders 
to say, okay, we've agreed to a deal with, let's just say, the New, New York Jets. Uh, we're all going to consummate it on March 15th when, the, when we're allowed to. But I can't take the risk that they're going to renege on the deal, right. the Jets. Or what if, what if, you know, remember, he has a no trade clause, Derek Hart. I'm not saying that he would do this, but you have to bring this possibility up. What if he waves and says to you, yeah, I'll waive my uh, no trade clause. But then on, you know, uh, March 2nd or March 3rd, he gets cold feet. Maybe the Jets trade or, or, you know, fire their coach or something gives him some misgivings about the Jets. And then he says, you know what, I'm not going to waive my no trade clause. And so the, tr- the, the, that, the trade goes uh, down the toilet because of that as well. So there's, there's a lot of risk that the Raiders have to, have to deal with short of um, them saying, hey, extend the deadline to March 16th. Um, if anything happens between now and the trade being consummated, uh, we, can, we can release you on March 15th under the same uh, you know, uh, dynamics of the February 15th deadline. So if I'm the Raiders and I can't get some guarantee that I can get that deadline extended, I would probably just release them. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I say roughness, DeBond's got one for you. Yeah, it would, it, pertaining to Derek Carr and his future, if he were to be released, and I know that the contract that he has now, it's a nice-looking contract when it comes. I think it averages out those three years, $38 million per year. Do you think he'd be able to find something similar to that on the open market if he's flat-out released? I don't know. Um, I, I, I tend to think not. Uh, but you know, all you, all it takes is one team. Uh, you know, being maybe maybe the the team that's shut out of you know th- this quarterback derby that's going to be out there with with Tom Brady and and with Jimmy Garoppolo and the draft picks as well. You kind of you you can throw them uh, into the mix as well. Uh, all it, all it would take is one team. Uh, saying, yeah, we desperately need a quarterback and we're willing to meet that three-year $121 million uh, that you're currently under contract for or that you were just under contract for. So there's risk involved for Derek Carr, too. That's why there's a little bit of me that says, why wouldn't you, if you're Derek Carr, extend that deadline to at least make sure that the team that you're... You, remember, he has to approve the team anyway, so it's, it's going to be a team of his liking. Um, and wait one more month for everything to become official so that at least you're going to a team that you want to play for and your car, your, 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 the three-year $121 million contract extension that you signed now stays intact and just gets assumed by, by the new team. There's part of me that thinks Derek Carr should do that, but in high-stakes negotiations, um, there's, there's, people don't just give things up. There would have to be something... Uh, to, to entice Derek Carr to do that. And what is that? What can the Raiders really offer for him to, you know, waive that no trade, or not just waive the no trade clause, but uh, move the deadline up a month? For the Raiders front office, they probably already know who they have their sights on when it comes to the quarterback of the future or maybe even a stopgap stop quarterback. But do you think that if Derek Carr is released and they get the salary cap or if they get a trade for him, that they may, that may change their plans depending on how Derek Carr exits the team? One more time. <laughs> yeah, Paul. <laughs> no, He's Paul. <laughs> the way that Derek Carr exits the team, whether, whether it be release or trade, mm-hmm. is that going to affect the quarterback that they bring in? No, no, no. I, I don't think it will. Um, you know, one way or another, the Raiders are going to, um, you know, uh, uh, come out of this with, you know, thir- an, an extra $30 million under the salary cap, making it about $65 million or so uh, under the cap. That's as of right now. So I don't think that um, whoever the next quarterback is going to be is going to change however, um, you know, the Derek Carr situation gets handled. I think that's kind of unto itself. 
Uh, and then when they when they get clarity on on Derek Carr, you know they'll if they haven't already, kind of turn their attention on who their uh, next quarterback is going to be. And obviously they have to wait on that until after March 15th or when the new league year uh, begins to either trade for a new quarterback, draft a new quarterback in April, or sign a new uh, quarterback in the free agency. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So Jarrett Stidham, uh, he's played two games, started two games for the Silver and Black. I know it's a small sample size. What did you see from him? What do you think his future holds? Yeah, I think I, I saw potential for sure. Um, way too uh, uh, few or less short of a, uh, of a of a sample size to say, yeah, that's the guy that the Raiders should start um, in 2023. I, I just don't think there's enough on film and there's enough um, you know example of of him to make me comfortable that he should be the quarterback next year. However, uh, I do think that it's probably in his best interest and the Raiders' best interest to bring him back as a backup. You know, this is an offense that he knows, that he continues to grow in. He's still a young guy. Um, and if they bring in, let's say, a Tom Brady or, or a veteran quarterback, there's a chance for him in a year or maybe two uh, to maybe be ready to be the starting quarterback. Who knows uh, what that you know would look like in a couple of years for Jared Stidham. But at the very least, you get a pay bump. You know, he's he's a free agent. Yeah, he gets a, a nice little pay bump, maybe to five million, six million dollars a year uh, as the backup. Um, not a bad gig right there in an offense that you understand uh, and and you know a chance to maybe play because if you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, he's got you know. An, an injury risk. So for me, his future, his best future is as a backup for, for the Raiders. But again, in his case, it, it, could, it just takes one team out there to say, hey, Jared Sidham, we saw enough. We'd like you to come in here and literally compete for the starting job. Uh, and maybe that's enough for him to entice him to say, hey, Raiders, see you later. Thank you. Uh, but I'm moving on to X, Y, or Z. That'd be the Matt Flynn effect, right? <laughs> we were just exactly. Talking, yeah. It, we were, we've we were, seen it before. Yes. We were just talking about Matt Flynn just a few minutes before you came on the show. Well, Josh Jacobs, he was in the Raiders locker room on Monday. Uh, we had an opportunity. He said he wanted to be back. You asked him the question. He said he wanted to be back, but he said it has to make sense. What, in your opinion, Vinny, makes sense for Josh Jacobs? Yeah, I would say a salary that uh, is in that, you know, $11, $12 million per year range. Um, you know, the Raiders have a little bit of leverage. They, they do have the franchise tag, right. uh, whether you're talking about the exclusive or, or the non-exclusive. So um, they can they can apply either one of those to them. Um, it doesn't preclude them at that point from also continuing to work uh, on a new deal for him. But I would say it has to be. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm Josh Jacobs, um, you know, $11, $12 million a year, we'd look at what the signing bonus would be, how much uh, the guarantees are uh, in the contract, but no doubt that's what I'd be looking for. Now, the franchise tag, what is it, $10 million? About 10, um, yeah. I know a lot, of, a, a lot of Raider fans are like, oh, wow, the Raiders made a huge mistake. Well, I mean, it's only $2, two million more than what the franchise tag would have been. So, right. um, you know, uh, in that scenario, if he had to play uh, on, a, on, a, on a franchise tag, he looks at it as, well, I'm still making $2 million more than I would have had they, had they picked up the five or the yeah the fifth year option so it's all good from from his perspective but I think a four year deal you know uh, twenty five million dollars guaranteed thirty million dollars guaranteed and an average annual salary of eleven uh, to twelve I think that's probably in the ballpark it makes sense it sounds like it makes sense to me well it makes sense to Josh <laughs> Jacobs and his camp we will see Vinny great stuff as always man what do you got coming out on the RJ that we should be on the lookout for. 
Yeah, uh, it's basically the uh, the Derek Carr farewell. And, and by the way, you guys were putting me on the uh, uh, it was a test today, man. Uh, and especially especially Devon's uh, question uh, <laughs> that got my head spinning a little bit. But uh, I got you, Devon. Um, <laughs> so we're no, no, because he was laughing the, uh, at me. No, I think that that was a valid point. No, it was. Maybe, it was a great question. Get, maybe if they get some draft capital for him, right. it's like, hey, now we have two first round picks. We can go and move up or trade for a player that we can't yeah. have, as opposed to if you just have salary cap. It was just Absolutely. the Paul effect. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, the, 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 those draft picks could come in handy if you fall in love with Bryce Young right. and feel like I got to go to the top of the draft to go get Bryce Young. So yep. that's going to be really interesting because at seven, you know, they may have they're, 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 one of those quarterbacks might fall to them. So we'll see. Not Bryce Young, but right. you know, CJ Stroud uh, could be there at seven. That would be kind of intriguing or within their range to go trade up. So yes, whatever asset you might get from Derek Carr could definitely be applied. Uh, to move it up or, or draft in a quarterback. Um, so we, we shall see. But, yeah, yeah, it's the farewell to Derek Carr, and I felt like you know he said the right things today uh, in, in his social media post, and that's what we're writing about for tomorrow. There you go. Makes a lot of sense. Vinny, thanks so much, my man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, uh, you know, giving us your time, and we'll be talking soon. All right, and, and thanks, Professor DeMond. <laughs> there he goes, Vinny Monsignor. Professor DeMond. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. Paul started us off, brother. That's why I started laughing. Paul started us off. He stumped me. He got me confused. And even though it was a valid question, it was a good question. It's not like he gave us a bad question. It was just he had me confused. And so you you did the same thing. So you and Paul, man, you guys have been collaborating. Whatever you guys did, man, you did it well. No, nah, don't want me in here. Don't, no, we not together uh, on this. Oh, now you're trying to go out on your own? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, see, Paul, I had your back. See how DeMond is? See, that's why you don't need, you don't need enemies. You got friends like DeMond, he'll bail on you in a minute, man. He'll leave you solo bolo. I ain't never doing no dirt with you because I already know. Uh, DeMond, do you know? Yeah, Q did it right over there. He's located right there. His phone number is this, that, and the other, and boom, boom, boom. I ask you for who for what? What am I going down for? <laughs> 349 is the time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network is going to join us at 4, but we got a lot of Raider Nation lined up on the phone lines at 702-365-9200, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Roseville Raider, you're up first. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, man? How you guys doing? Hey, How we're you guys doing today? Yes, sir, we're blessed. Yeah, I heard that. Hey, so I just wanted to touch on some stuff, uh, something major. Uh, you asked what Derek Carr, you know, meant to all of us a while yeah. back, and um I didn't get a chance to call in because the phone lines were off the chains and all I got was business signals for the three-hour show. So uh, Derek Carr, to me, you know, being a fan since I can remember the first game I watched was that tug rule game when I was a young kid. That's when I saw with the Raiders. Mm. I remember next year, we got blown out in the Super Bowl by guess who? Our old coach. And from then on, we really didn't have anything to look forward to. You know, it was like you said, a quarterback there dysfunction and no direction and around you know obviously proud to be a Raider fan but you know we didn't have anything to look forward to really and then Derek Carr came along and Derek Carr really shored up that position and really gave the franchise a direction and at least for me gave me hope for the first time in a long time as a Raider fan so I just want to say to Derek Carr I know if he's listening maybe not but I just want to say thank you uh, for everything that you've done for the nation um, may not agree with the way everything happened, but, you know, I don't get paid to make those kind of calls. <laughs> so right. I just wanted to say that. Um, but I have a question for you guys. Uh, okay. I kind of want to get your opinion. So I hear a lot about people talking about where Derek Carr is going and this and that, and I'm hearing a lot of Jets. I'm hearing a lot of Colts. I'm hearing a lot of the Washington football team. I'll, I'm sorry, the, the Commanders. 
Um, and I kind of want to ask Devon, have you ever thought about maybe the fact that the Titans might be looking for a quarterback? Because if you remember correctly, David Carr said on NFL Network he's going to be looking for a franchise with a stable relationship owner between the owner and the head coach. And I can't think of a better, more solid relationship between a head coach and a franchise organization between um, other than the Titans and Mike Rabel. Because Rabel is a dog. They're going to need a quarterback because Jimmy, or sorry, Tannehill's up in the air. They have a defense. I'm not going to say they have the best defense, but they have a defense more so than the Raiders did this last season. And they have an offense. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I think that's a sleeper pick for, for me in the Titans. Um, thanks for my call, you guys. Uh, curious to hear what you have to say. Uh, go Raiders. All right. Thank you, Dino. Excuse me, Roseville Raider. We're going to get to Dino in Toronto next, but I'm just going to say, Ryan Tannehill has the second biggest cap hit of anybody in the league next year. I don't know how you move on from that contract. So it's it's good in theory, but who's going to take Ryan Tannehill? Well, and they just fired Todd Downing, too. So they don't have that relationship. Todd Downing's not there anymore, so he's he's not coming back to the Tennessee Titans. So uh, I don't know if that would be a good fit, but I do think that they do need a quarterback. Uh, Roseville Raider, you're on to something. Dino in Toronto, you're up next. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, Devon? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Love you guys. Great show. Love listening to you guys laugh. Uh, it puts a smile on my face, man, so I just appreciate that. Um, uh, Q, you touched upon a huge timeline. I'm going to go back, man. I remember Kenny Stabler. Uh, mm. I go, I'm a little bit older than you. Yeah. Uh, and I remember we won the Super Bowl, and then uh, it was a little tumultuous, and he got traded to the Houston Oilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al didn't want to give him the money. Uh, and I remember that uh, when Bum Phillips was the coach, that Earl Campbell, I remember when um, the Snake went to the Super Bowl, I believe, man. I remember watching the Super Bowl and cheered him on. So um, I don't know if this is like another one of those situations, but uh, it was a little bittersweet, man, because um, a, lo- a lot of us over the last decade, we, we bought in with Derek, and uh, I-, I personally was a big fan of his. Uh, I was a big critic of his, but I always supported him, and I will continue. I think he's a great guy. But uh, the, thing- the thing that I wanted to mention is that um, – I have a funny feeling, man. He's gonna be a he's gonna be an LA Ram. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I don't know why that tells me that, but I mean, I think he's a California guy. They got um, the old offensive coordinator there. I, oh my god, I can't remember. His Greg, name, Olson. But, uh, Greg Olson. That, Greg Olson. That's right. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I don't know what the situation with Stafford is, and I don't know how bought in they are with Baker Mayfield. But I just would like to say, uh, if, if Derek is listening, I appreciate everything he did for us. He brought a lot of stability. Um, he was a good dude, man. He was a good person. Uh, a lot of people, uh, he had a lot of people that followed him, and I'm sure he mentored a lot of the young guys there. And um, let's not forget last year, man. Last year was a year that was unseen ever in any sports, really. I mean, to go through what they went through with uh, Coach Gruden and then, you know, the Henry Ruggs incident, uh, man, that was just a tough year. And he guided us through that. So uh, didn't get the results we wanted, but, I mean, I'm appreciative of what he did. But I, I think now's the time. I, I don't think this coaching staff was ever going to, was ever going to give him a long-term look. I think I think he was kind of set up, but then I don't want to get into that, but that's just my kind of conspiracy theory. But uh, I think he was not set up, but you know what I mean? I, I don't think they really they really bought in on, uh, on Derek, and uh, it was just time for him to go with this, uh, with this regime. Gotcha. Uh, thanks for the call, man. Hey, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. You know, it's funny. I thought the Rams, too. The Rams has been a team that has crossed my mind. I don't think Baker Mayfield's the guy there, and who knows what's going to happen with Stafford. He might retire. 
that might be a good landing spot for him. He might end up in with the Rams, and I'm sure that he wouldn't mind being, uh, like you said, a California guy. I mean, he's from, what, Bakersfield or spent a long time in Bakersfield, obviously spent time in Fresno, uh, spent time in Houston, and obviously been here in Vegas. I could definitely see him being an L.A. guy. Dino, good stuff. Uh, we got a bunch more calls. We'll get to them after we kick off the next hour, but we got Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network starting us off. We'll do that. Then we'll get to some calls and texts. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.